0: Well, how is everyone doing on this beautiful Colorado spring day? Let me hear from you, church. It is so great to have all of you with us today here at Orchard Church. We also wanna welcome those that are joining us right now online. I hope that you guys are as excited today as I am about week three of Jonah. I mean, I'm excited every week to bring the word of God to you guys and this amazing church family, but some weeks I'm extra, extra excited, and this is one of those weeks. You guys ready to get started? So if you haven't already, take out your Bibles or your mobile devices, turn to the book of Jonah in your Old Testament, Jonah chapter three, as we are in week three of Jonah, a story of second chances. As you're finding your way there this morning, um, those of you that are a little bit familiar with this story, uh, help me out by filling in the blank. We think of this story as Jonah and the whale or Jonah and the big fish. But what we're going to find out today is that is not what this story is about. It's not about Jonah and the whale. It's not about Jonah and the big fish. It's about something much greater than those things. And that's what I'm excited to share with you today. Let me just quickly review where we've been the last two weeks in Jonah chapter one and chapter two. We opened up this story. God spoke to a prophet named Jonah. He told him to go to the city of Nineveh, the capital of Assyria. Uh, They were wicked, evil, pagan people. God wanted to get their attention. He told Jonah to go and Jonah said, no. And we opened up this story, Jonah is running from God. But we talked about in first week, we can run from God, but we can't outrun God. We just sang about that. We worshiped about it. God will never leave us or forsake us and he pursues us with his relentless love. And so Jonah's on the run, going in the opposite direction. God sends a storm to get his attention. That wasn't enough. So he gets thrown overboard in the ship and he gets swallowed by a big fish. And last week we saw Jonah hit rock bottom as he is in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. God has his full attention and he starts praying and crying out to God. And the good news is when we call on God, he hears us and he answers. Jonah surrenders to God. He gets spit up onto the beach uh, by the big fish and now God is gonna give him a second chance to go to the city of Nineveh. Let me remind you about the context of Nineveh. As I said, this is the capital of Assyria. This was the biggest enemy of most people in the known world at that time. Um, Definitely the Israelites, Jonah was an Israelite. Uh, They were their enemies, they were very barbaric. They were known that they would go into a city and conquer it and they would torture the people there. Uh, They were wicked, they were evil. Uh, They served all kinds of false idols and false gods. They were, they were pagans. I think I read somewhere last week that they also worshiped the cat god. If there is, so that tells you how wicked they were, right? And, and Jonah's like, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna go to that city. They, they're gonna torture me. They're gonna kill me. They might make me listen to Justin Bieber music all day long. Those that were here the first week will get that joke, all right? But, but today, we're gonna see the real story play out that this is not about Jonah and a big fish, Here's what I'm so excited to share with you today. Here's what this story is really all about, the book of Jonah. It's about God's incredible love for everyone, for all people, including Ninevites, those living in Nineveh. It reminds us of the most famous scripture in all of the Bible. For God so loved the world. That includes everyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his name is Jesus, that whoever would believe in him, would not perish, but have eternal life, everlasting life. And today, we're going to watch one of the most beautiful pictures in all of the Bible of God's love and grace and mercy on display, even to a group of people that humanly did not deserve it. Did not deserve it. And here's a key thought today, just to kind of put this, a bow on all of this, a key thought. You have this in your notes if you're taking notes, and I hope you will. It's this. God wants to bring people who are far from him near to him. Our gracious, loving God wants to bring people who are far from him near to him. And that's what we're going to see today in Jonah chapter 3. We've seen Jonah running, we've seen Jonah hit rock bottom, and now we're going to see Jonah's revival that happens in Nineveh. And we're just going to have two simple points today, two simple things that happen in in Jonah chapter 3 that you're going to have in your notes, but they're so profound. The first one is this, if you're taking notes. First, we're going to see Jonah goes to Nineveh. Jonah finally goes to Nineveh. Let's jump into the story in Jonah chapter 3 verse 1 and it says this. And we'll also put it on the screen for you. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah. Help me out, church. Uh second time. Everybody say second time. Right. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. He's going to give him a second opportunity, a second chance. This is a story of second chances. Now, now this phrase second time, you have this in your notes, comes from the Hebrew sheneh, and it means second chance. God came to Jonah a second time to give him a second chance. And we've said it every week. Let me ask you again, Orchard Church, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, are you thankful for a God of second chances? And aren't you thankful for a God sometimes of third and fourth chances? And and, and Jonah's going to get a second chance, but he's not the only one that's going to get a second chance today in this story. A shanae, a second chance. And I was thinking about how can I illustrate this? How many of you have one of these growing up? An Etch-a-Sketch. And how many have one of these? Some of the young people are like, what the heck is that? I had to order one of these on Amazon this week to to get it here. But um, this is an Etch-a-Sketch. Now in Arkansas, this is considered a computer. (laughs) Okay. If you're from Nebraska, this is an iPad. I'm just gonna stop right there before I get in a lot of trouble. But when I was a kid, I had an Etch-A-Sketch. And what I loved about an Etch-A-Sketch is you could use these knobs and you could try to draw a picture, which I was never very good at. And, and if you made a mistake or you didn't like your picture, what would you do? You'd shake it up and you'd get a chenay. You get a second chance, a second opportunity. That's what we're going to see happen in this story today. You know, a lot of people today um, in our life, as humans, we don't like to give people a second chance, do we? We're, we're pretty uh, slow to give a second chance. If somebody wrongs us, if somebody offends us, we're like, okay, you're done. You only had one shot. You know, talk to the hand now. But, but we have a God of second chances, a God that wants to give us a, a, a do-over, a, a shenanigans. And and this might speak to someone today. Maybe you're here today and you've drifted from God like Jonah or maybe you've gone in the opposite direction. The good news is God wants you to experience a Shanae today, a second chance, a second opportunity. Some of you know my testimony. I won't go into great detail, but I was raised in a Christian home. I I gave my life to Christ when I was eight years old. And then God spoke to me when I was about 13 years old and he called me into full-time vocational ministry to, to be a pastor, to preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But in high school, I I turned 16, I got a car, I got a job, I got a girlfriend, I got out of church. And through the rest of high school and into my first four years of college for about six years of my life, I was running from God, I was drifting from God. I wasn't doing what he had called me to do. And then God brought some storms into my life to get my attention. And I may have walked away from God, but he never walked away from me. And he gave me a second chance. And I've now been in full-time vocational ministry uh, for 29 years this year, it'll be 29 years of full-time vocational ministry. Aren't you thankful for a God? of second chances. A God of second chances. And that's what's gonna happen in this story as God comes to Jonah a second time. Let's pick it up in verse two. And what does he say to Jonah? Get up and what? Church, say it nice and loud. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time Jonah obeyed. The first time he did it, this time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and he went to Nineveh, a city so large it took three days to see it all. And God said, okay, Jonah, you didn't obey me the first time you didn't go but this time I want you to go this word go you have this in your notes it comes from two Hebrew words kum okay I'm not even going to ask you to say that because you'll spit on the people around you all right just trust me kum and it means this go now go immediately go urgently go now go immediately go urgently don't collect two hundred dollars just go and you see, this was a lesson for Jonah and a lesson for us. When God gives us a second chance, when God gives us a shanae, we should respond immediately. We should take God up on his offer, amen? And did any of you guys notice this in the scriptures as we read this? That God described the city of Nineveh as a great city. Did you see that? Go, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Now, we've been talking about how evil and wicked this city is. Why would God call the city of Nineveh a great city? I mean, we could understand if God said to Jonah, get up and go to the wicked city, the evil city, the pagan city, the sinful city, the heathen city. But no, he says, go to the great city of Nineveh. Why did God call it a great city? I mean, was he calling it a great city because there was a Starbucks on every corner? Maybe they had an in and out, you know, every few blocks. That would make it a great city, right? We're just waiting here in Denver for that. It's supposedly coming. What made this a great city? History tells us that this was a great city of power. It was a great city of influence in the known world at that time. And it was a cultural epicenter. The city of Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, was a cultural epicenter. It would be today like describing New York City or Los Angeles or Chicago. But don't miss this church. Here's why I believe God called Nineveh a great city because there were over a half a million people that lived in that city that didn't know the one true Jehovah great I am God. And God cared about those people and God loves those people and God wanted to reach those people and he's gonna do it through the prophet Jonah. He said, there's a great opportunity there. There's a great number of people there that are far from God that I wanna see if I can bring near to God. That's what made it great in God's eyes. And so God gives this message, this revival message to Jonah. And it's an interesting message. Verse four, here's his revival message. On the day Jonah entered the city of Nineveh, he shouted to the crowds. Here's his revival message. 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Let's pray. That's it. That's his revival message. 40 days from now, God's gonna judge you unless you guys turn to God and and repent. I mean, if you like short messages, this is about as short as they come. I appreciate that you did not amen to that because my message is gonna be a little longer than Jonas today, all right? But I mean, this is the shortest revival message probably ever, 40 days from now, you're going to be destroyed if you don't get right with God. I don't know how many of you like me grew up in church and I grew up in, you know, in the late 70s, early 80s and we had revival meetings. Anybody remember those? And they'd be like Monday through Friday and man, when the guys would preach a revival meeting, I mean, it was like an hour and a half, two hours, But man, this is a short message, just a simple message that he gives. But it was a tough message. He comes into this pagan, heathen city that doesn't wanna hear this message. And he basically tells them, repent, turn your lives to God or you're gonna be judged. This was not an easy message for Jonah to preach. Again, he probably thought they're gonna torture me. They're gonna kill me. And I don't know what went through Jonah's mind, but if I were Jonah, I would have probably had a discussion with God. I would have probably been like, God, um, I know that's the message you want me to preach, but I, I've got, a, I got an alternative message I'd like to try out. It's a little happier message. It's a little more of a feel-good message, God. I mean, I've been working really hard on this message. I, I, could, could, I, could I preach instead this message? Three steps to a happy life. Point one, stop being mean. Ninevites, you guys are too mean. You're mean to everybody around you. Uh, point number two, think happy thoughts. Because you Ninevites, you don't think happy thoughts. You think evil thoughts. Point number three, help me out. Don't worry, be happy, happy, right? That's the message that I would have wanted to preach. Jonah may have wanted to preach, but that wasn't the message God told him to preach. The message was repent. It was obey, it was surrender. It was turn from your wicked ways or you're going to be judged by God. You're gonna be destroyed. And notice this, he said 40 days. How many days, church? 40. 40 days. This was a limited time offer. God said, you got 40 days to get things straightened out and turn to me or you're gonna be judged. 40 days, this is a limited time offer. And you know, salvation today is still a limited time offer. None of us are promised tomorrow. We don't know where our last breath will be. We don't know when our last heartbeat will be. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised next week. And sometimes I hear people say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll turn my life over to God. I'll get things turned around. I'll give my heart to Jesus, you know, when I'm ready and when I feel like it. And that's a dangerous Position to take. Because the Bible tells us that nobody comes to God except they're drawn by the spirit of God and invited. And we don't know how many invitations we're gonna get. We don't know when our last day is. We don't know. The rapture could happen this week. The opportunity for some could, could, could be passed. It's a limited time offer today. And I would just say this and encourage you, if you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you've never given your life to God through faith in Jesus, it's a limited time offer. Take God up on the offer today. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Amen, church? Don't miss out on that opportunity and chance. And we're gonna give you that opportunity before we close. But Jonah preaches this message of repentance He preaches this revival message, and Jonah was probably thinking, there is no way they're going to listen. There's no way they're going to respond favorably to this. I I probably am only going to be able to preach this message once or twice, and I'm going to be arrested or tortured or killed. But the most amazing, incredible, unimaginable thing happens in how the Ninevites respond to Jonah's message. The first thing that we see in chapter three is that Jonah goes to Nineveh. Here's the second thing that we see, if you're taking notes. Nineveh goes to God. First, Jonah goes to Nineveh, but then second, Nineveh goes to God. Jonah preaches this message. 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. And then look at verse five. The people of Nineveh, let's say it together, church, believed God's message. That's simple. They heard the message. They believed the message. There was no questioning it. There was no debating it. There was no, let me think about it for a while. Let me pray about it for a while. Let me doctrinally study this out. No, they, they just heard the message from God through Jonah and they believed God's message. They put their faith and trust in God. They said yes to him. And it was from the greatest to the least of people. They declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow, which was an outward sign of repentance. You see, it wasn't just an inward faith and belief they had. It was an outward faith that they showed. Now, we know we are saved by grace through our faith. We are not saved and forgiven by our works. We talk about this all the time here at Orchard Church. Ephesians 2.8.9 clearly tells us this. But James also tells us that true, genuine faith has works that follow. Our works don't save us, but if we're truly saved through faith, there will be works that follow. Faith works. Faith works. And they had faith and they believed, but there was an outward display of their inward faith and that they were like, we are gonna repent and we're gonna show that we mean business with God and we're we're serious about this. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I was reading this, and I've read this story many times, but as I was studying this again, and I see that Jonah preaches this message and then the people immediately respond and it says they believe God's message. I wrote this down in my Bible, no stinking way. What, are you kidding me? I mean, was that easy? No stinking way. And let me help some of you guys out. Stinking is a really good alternative Christian cuss word. All right. You heard that from Pastor Doug. All right. It's better than some of the ones that maybe some of you use. Just replace it with stinking. All right. Let's try it together. No stinking way. I mean, of all the people, the most unimaginable group of people to turn to God in faith and say yes to him, it was the Ninevites. It's like no stinking way. Let me put this in perspective to help you out. It would be like if I came out here today and I I said, I was listening to radio this morning on the way in and I heard that Howard Stern has said yes to Jesus and turned his life over to God. He's now gonna start hosting a radio show, a talk show about um, sexual purity. And we would all say, no, stick away, right? Or if I were to come in and say, man, I was watching TMZ last night or ET Entertainment tonight and Cardi B has given her life to Jesus. Some of y'all know who Cardi B is, you know? You know? Oh, okay. Some of you know what that means, okay? I'm not even sure what that means, but our hipster uh, worship pastor said to, to try that and you would know what it means. But if I said Cardi B has accepted Christ and now she's gonna be writing Christian songs, singing Christian songs on K Love radio station, what would we say? No, sneak away. That's how it would have been with the Ninevites. How did this happen? How how did this take place? Well, as I did a little bit more digging and studying about this, history tells us that at the same time that Jonah went to the city of Nineveh to preach his revival message, to try to get them right with God, that God had sent various plagues on the city of Nineveh. And they were having all kinds of health challenges. I mean, nothing like a health challenge uh, for God to use to get our attention, right? So they were very weak. And then history also tells us there were three other cities that had banded together to attack uh, the Ninevites, the Assyrians, and they had surrounded their walls. So they were vulnerable and they were weak. God had their attention. And if that wasn't enough, God sends this man Jonah into the city to preach this revival message. And let's not forget where Jonah has been for the last three days and three nights. He's been in the belly of a fish The dude would have looked like a freak when he walked into Nineveh. Most scholars believe that the acid of the stomach of this fish would have whitewashed him from head to toe. He would have looked like a ghost. Nobody had seen anything like this. And if his appearance alone didn't get their attention, his smell certainly did. He's been in the belly of a fish, and he's preaching this message. And here's what I don't want us to miss, church. Don't miss this. God was working behind the scenes to prepare the hearts and lives of these people who are far from God, to bring them near to God. He was working behind the scenes. You see, it may appear to us that the star of the book of Jonah is Jonah. And Jonah may appear to be the star, but make no mistake about it, God was sitting in the director's chair just like he sits in the director's chair of all of our lives and the lives of all of those in our sphere of influence that may not know Christ. We never know. We never know how God is working behind the scenes in the people that we love and we care about and maybe even the ones that we don't. We don't know how God is working behind the scenes to bring people who are far from him near to him. We don't know how God is working behind the scenes with our neighbor, with our coworker, with our family member, with our friend, uh, with that person we go to school with. God may be working behind the scenes just like he was in Nineveh to bring people who are far from God near to God. And let's pick it up in verse six. It wasn't just the common people that gave their lives to God. The most unlikely person of all would have been the king that led these evil, wicked pagan people. And verse 6 says, When the, who? the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes in a sign of surrender and humility. Kings never did this. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Again, a sign of outward Repentance. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city of Nineveh. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments and mourning and everyone must pray earnestly to who church? To God, capital G-O-D, the one true God, the great I am, Jehovah God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jonah's God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Again, outward display of their inward faith and repentance. And then watch verse nine, don't miss this. Here's what they said in this decree. Who can tell? Who can tell? Who knows what God might do because of our faith and trust and turning to him? Who can tell? Perhaps even yet, God will, what church? Change his mind. Perhaps God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. Perhaps God will change his mind from judging us. Can God change his mind? Yeah, he's God. Does God sometimes change his mind? Yes. Yes. It reminds me of Romans 10:13 what Paul said. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In the original Greek, the word everyone means, everyone. some of you have been here a while, okay? It means everyone, everyone. You, you mean my neighbor that, that curses God all the time, makes fun of me because I go to church and I'm a Christ follower, Every, everyone. You know, my boss at work that I can't stand gives me a hard time for being a Christian, everyone. Everyone. If God could save the Ninevites, he could save anyone and wants to. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, can and will be saved. And and they believed that and they prayed to the true God and said, maybe God will change his mind. You have this in your notes. In verse nine, this word change comes from the Hebrew naham. It means to have compassion. I love that. It means God might have compassion on us, mercy on us. Maybe God will give us a second chance like he's given Jonah a second chance and second opportunity. Well, let's see what God does. Will God give them a shanae, a second chance, a second opportunity? Will God, Naham, have compassion on these wicked, evil people, the Ninevites? Verse 10, here's how God responded. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, look at this, church, he what? Changed his mind. He changed his mind. He had compassion and mercy and grace and he did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. That's how good and loving and gracious our God is. Aren't you thankful that's the God we serve? That he's willing to give anyone and everyone a second chance who will turn to him. People furthest from God come near to God. They believe, they're saved, and revival breaks out in Nineveh. And I think Jonah learned a lesson here, and it's a lesson that I don't want us to miss that sometimes in our life, the people that we think are the furthest away from God may be a lot closer to coming to God than what we realize. The people that we think would never say yes to Jesus, would never come to church, would never give their life to God, may be a lot closer than we realize because God is working behind the scenes. Do you believe that church? Do you you believe God still works that way today? Yeah, let's celebrate that God, amen. He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, some of y'all are looking at your watches and clocks and going, man, we're getting out early today. No. Here's the best part. I wanna take the rest of our time and I wanna apply this to our church family here at Orchard Church. If you you consider this your church family, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I wanna apply this to us collectively as a church and individually in our lives. Here's why. We live in Nineveh. We live in Nineveh. There are Ninevites all around us. People who are far from God or appear to be far from God that God wants to bring close to him. And they may be closer than what we realize and God may be working behind the scenes in in, in our sphere of influence. We don't know how God is working behind the scenes in someone's Life in someone's marriage, in someone's um, family with their kids. We don't know how God is working behind the scenes um, with their job situation, their health situation. And God, listen, is calling us and has told us to do the same exact thing that he told Jonah to do some 4,000 years ago. God is calling us to the same thing. And it's one simple little two-letter word. It starts with G and it ends with O. Let's say it together, church. Go. That's that's what he told Jonah to do, and that's what he tells us to do. Our mission and commission is the same as Jonah's. Let me remind you of Jesus' famous last words to his followers. How many of you would raise your hand and say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm a believer. Raise your hand, okay? Then this is for you. This is for all of us. Matthew 28, 19, here's what Jesus said. Famous last words. What's the first word? Let's say it nice and loud, church. Go, go and make disciples of all the nations, more followers of Jesus, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, we're to go. And it's interesting, this word go, it means as we go. We're going somewhere all the time. I don't think any of y'all are gonna camp out here and stay the night. You're gonna get up when service is over and you're gonna go. You're gonna go home. You're gonna go back to your neighborhood. Next week, you're gonna go to work. You're gonna go to school. you're, You're gonna go see your family. As we go, we live on mission to help people find and follow Jesus, Helping people who are far from God come near to God. Jesus said it this way in Mark 16, 15. What's the first word? Go. Go into all the world. Go into your world and preach the good news to everyone. I just lost some of you because you heard the word preach. You're like, oh, I'm not a preacher. That's your job, Pastor Doug. You know what the word preach means? It just means proclaim. Proclaim. It just means tell people about Jesus. And sometimes I talk to Christians and they're like, well, I wanna share my faith, but I don't know the Bible like you do, Pastor Doug. And what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? There is something as a Christ follower you can share and you know and understand better than anyone else, including me. And that is your faith story. That's your testimony. Just tell them what Jesus has done in your life. Tell them how he saved you, he gave you. He gave you eternal life. Tell them about your relationship that you have with him. But God has called us to the same thing he called Jonah to, to go, to live on mission. Here at Orchard Church, we sum up Matthew 28, 19, and 20 simply by saying we help people find and then follow Jesus. That's making disciples. Bringing people to faith and then helping them to follow Jesus. And one of our values here at Orchard Church, because that's our mission, to help people find and follow Jesus, and God has told us to go. In the same way that he told Jonah to go, one of our values is this, that we reach people that no one is reaching by doing things no one is doing. We say it this way sometimes, we'll do anything short of sin to reach someone for Jesus Christ. We'll, we'll do anything short of sin. This is why we'll do something crazy on the Saturday morning of Easter weekend before we're gonna have seven services. If that wasn't enough, we're at 10 o'clock at Prairie View High School in uh, the stadium there, the football stadium. We've rented it out. We're having an Easter egg helicopter drop. And thousands and thousands of plastic Easter eggs are going to be dropped from a helicopter. Now, listen, the kids are not going to be on the field as the eggs are being dropped. We've had some people ask about it. We've we've thought that would be fun, but that you'd want to get that on video. But no, we've thought this through. Okay, the kids are going to be in the stands of the football stadium. The eggs will be dropped, and then we'll turn them loose. And then it's every man for himself. All bets are off at that point. Why would we do that? Because we want to reach people who are far from Jesus and bring them near to Jesus. And, and before we even wait for them to show up at a service, we're gonna go into the community and we're gonna invite them to come an Easter weekend Hear the greatest story ever told, that God loved us so much. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He was crucified. He died on the cross. He shed his blood to pay for our sins. He took the penalty that we deserved upon himself. He was buried in a borrowed tomb because he only needed it for three days because on the third day he rose from the dead, conquering death, hell, and the grave that we can have everlasting life. There's not a better story. And that's what it's all about. But listen, God has told us right now to go. Go to our Nineveh. This is why our family, the Dameron family, moved to Denver 14 years ago to join God where he was at work in planting a disciple-making church, helping people find and follow Jesus. We had never lived in Denver. We weren't from Denver. We had no family here, no friends here. We didn't know anyone here. We started in our apartment living room, and we went See, we grew up in the the Bible Belt. I grew up in Oklahoma, and Shelly was from Indiana. We spent some time in in, in Missouri. Uh, We were in the belt buckle of the Bible Belt. I mean, there were churches on every corner. They're like 7-Elevens, everywhere you would turn, but not in Denver. When we moved to Denver 14 years ago, and this statistic hasn't changed much, we're always in the top five, Denver metropolitan area was the fourth most unchurched metropolitan city in the country. To this day, 85 to 90% of the people that live in the Denver metro area claim no church affiliation whatsoever, which means many of them don't know Jesus. Within a three-mile radius of Orchard Church where we're sitting right now, within a three-mile radius, a five- to 10-minute drive, there are over 50,000 unchurched people many of them that don't know Jesus. Within a 10-mile radius, there's over 300,000 people that claim no church affiliation and many of them that don't know the God we know. They don't know the Jesus we know. And God has called us to our Ninevites. God has called us to our Nineveh. This is one of the reasons why in 2020, Lord willing, we're gonna launch a brand new location behind the Cabela's and Amazon plant over there at 144th and Washington, another Orchard Church location because there's people over there that need Jesus like people need Jesus here. And I want, I just want to talk to you for a minute, just pastor's heart to hopefully your heart, and our heart about seeing this church grow and reaching people. And, and a lot we like to celebrate how many people have come to Christ and said yes to Jesus. How many people have got, gone public with their faith and baptism? And you know, how many people are we reaching? We say it this way at Orchard Church, we count people. You know why we count people? Because people count. They count to God. Every number has a name and every name has a story and every story matters to God and every story should matter to us. And the last time that I read my Bible, we serve a God of numbers. God pays attention to numbers because those numbers represent lives. They they represent individuals. They represent marriages. They represent families. They represent people that need Jesus. Last time I read my Bible, there's a whole book in the Bible called Numbers. Why did God send Jonah to the great city of Nineveh? Because of the number of people that were there, over half a million people. That's like the size of Colorado Springs. 500,000 people that didn't know God. Uh, The day in in, in Acts, the day that the first church started, it tells us that on day one, 3,000 people said yes to Jesus and 3,000 people went public with their faith in baptism. Somebody counted and God celebrated it and God recorded it. But I know we're human and sometimes here's what we think. We look around and we go, aren't we big enough? (laughs) I mean, we're like the biggest, largest church numerically in the Northeast Denver metro area. I mean, haven't we reached enough people? Can we just kind of coast now? And I want you to hear my heart on this, Orchard Church. As long as I'm here and as long as our leadership team um, that God has assembled is here, we are never, ever, ever going to apologize for reaching more people for Jesus Christ. We're never gonna apologize for that. We're never gonna make excuses for that because God has told us to go. You see, we have a choice. We, we can put our eyes on ourselves and all the people we've reached and how big we are, or we can get our eyes on all the people, the 50,000, the 300,000 that are still unreached. People that are far from God, but maybe closer than we realize. God's working behind the scenes. Listen, that's what keeps me up at night. That's what keeps me going. That's what energizes me. That's why in January this year for for 2019, we launched our theme, For the One. Who's that one person in your sphere of influence that doesn't know Jesus and that you're praying for and you're inviting and you're trying to reach them for Christ? Because Jesus said, we should be willing to leave the 99 for the one that is lost. Jesus cares about People. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 when he saw the what? The crowds. That's a number of people. He had compassion on them, just like God had compassion on the Ninevites. Jesus had compassion on the numbers of, of people in the crowds that were lost on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They were lost. They were far from God. He goes on and this. he said to his disciples, the harvest is great. There's many people that still need Jesus, but the workers are few. So what should we do about it? Jesus said this, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, who's gonna work behind the scenes and ask him to send more workers into his fields what was Jesus saying I need more people to go and I need more people as they're going to live on mission to help people find and follow Jesus and let me just first say this I want to thank so many of you here at Orchard Church you are living this out you are an example of this you are helping people find and follow Jesus through giving of your time and your talent and and your, your treasure and your tithe and your, your serving and you're inviting people and it's making a difference But I believe that there's still much work to be done because there's still many that are far from God right here in our community. And let me just share some ways that we can continue to go to to reach our Nineveh, to reach the Ninevites in our sphere of influence so we live on mission. Uh, First thing is to always be serving on a ministry team here at Orchard Church, because then you get to be a part of all that God is doing to help people find and follow Jesus. We had 366 new people sign up to serve on a ministry team a couple of weeks ago. Many of them are now uh, being integrated and they're showing up and they're serving. And man, can we just celebrate that church? That's, That's amazing. Thank you thank you for serving and being a part of what God is, is doing. But I, I realize because of schedules and things, maybe you're not able to commit to a regular serving, but if there's just one weekend or two a, a year that you could serve, man, Easter weekend is the time. We're expecting around 6,000 people in our seven services. Um, half of those are going to be unchurched people, many of them that don't know Jesus. If you say, I, I could just serve even one time, could you serve on Easter weekend? Uh, we have people uh, that are going to attend Saturday service, and some are going to serve all day on, on Sunday. Maybe you would say I could serve on Easter or maybe you normally just serve once a month you say I could step up and serve an extra time this month or or extra service this month because I want to help people find and follow Jesus I want to live on mission I want to go if that's you and God's speaking to you in that way just on your connection card today give us your contact information uh, check the box that says serving and just write Easter and we'll just talk to you about serving on Easter here's another way you can live on mission and go and help people to find and follow Jesus it's by going to a different service, not the Sunday morning nine o'clock service, okay? Because we know the majority of first time guests are gonna show up at nine and 1045 on Sunday. And we wanna make sure there's a seat for them to help somebody find and follow Jesus. So a simple thing you can do, even if you normally attend on Sunday, is say, I'll, I'll go to a Saturday service on Easter weekend. I'll give up my seat to help somebody find and follow Jesus. I, I, I literally seriously need three to 400 people right now in this service to commit. and say, I can do that to help somebody find Jesus on Easter weekend. Would you raise your hand? Just raise them up, nice and high, nice and high. Okay, keep them up. We're gonna take a picture of that. Let me get my foot. all right? That would help us out so much, guys. And honestly, not just Easter, from now to Mother's Day, that is our biggest biggest growth season until summer starts, and it's a simple way. Uh, some of you are going on Saturday, and you've kind of drifted back to Sunday, and look around, not a lot of empty seats. That, that would be one way, and here's the most important thing we could do. Other than praying, we wanna pray. Pray that God will work behind the scenes, but then here's the other thing. It's invite. Invite someone to come. We know that if someone's gonna to come to church only once or twice a year, it's gonna be Christmas or Easter. We call them creasters. Not keysters, okay? That's a different, okay? Creesters. Statistics tell us this, that 80% of people that we invite to an Easter service will say yes. 80%, eight out of 10 people will say yes. God is working behind the scenes. And so that's why every week for the last several weeks, we've been putting these on your chairs. Um, invite cards to, to give to you, people in your sphere of influence to invite them to an Easter service so that we can help them find and follow Jesus. L- listen, you know what these are? Don't miss this. These are invites for our Ninevites. Come on, I worked hard on that this week, come on guys. These are invites for our Ninevites. Help someone find and follow Jesus. Um, not only can you give these out, but uh, we have decals on the floor. We got a picture of this out there at the kiosk. You can stand on that, take a picture, uh, put, share that on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, um, text it to someone. But let's help people who are far from, from God come near to God this Easter. Let's live on mission and let's go. Right now, I want you to hear a story as we wrap this up of a, of a girl named Amelia who was praying for her one, And I want you to listen how God was working behind the scenes in an incredible way.
1: So I was coming here um, by myself. It just was something so powerful and I knew that one day I would love for my family to come here and experience what I feel. So I prayed about it and then I had expressed to my family that I was going to a new church and that I loved it and I would love for them to come. A couple of them started coming with me, and the weekend of for the one, um, I did put the name down. One day after I had been telling this person, it would mean so much for you to come with me. I want you to experience exactly what I feel. I don't want to tell you about it. I want to show you. I want you to be there with me. And as I was leaving that mass, my one called me, and she asked me, are you still there? And I said, yes, I just got out. And she says, well, I think I want to come now. Would you be willing to stay with me again? And I said, absolutely. And she came with me and now her boyfriend comes, my whole family comes, we come every weekend. And it's incredible. It's just something I never imagined I would have this relationship with them the way I do now. It's just so authentic, the love that we feel for each other, and now we can have that same love for God together. It wasn't that way. It was, we weren't running to go to church. We weren't waiting for next service, but here we do. God works in amazing ways, and you, some person out there may be struggling right now, and this service may be what they need to feel empowered that they are, they are going to be okay and that God is there for them and that He will forgive them and that He will always give you a second chance and just come to see for yourself. He will give you that opportunity and the love that you need that you've longed for, it's here, it's waiting for you. You just have to be willing to accept it.
0: Hey, can we just celebrate that incredible (laughs) for the one story, I love that. We appreciate Amelia sharing her story and um, God was clearly working behind the scenes and we know that many of you have identified that one that you're praying for this year, that you're inviting, that you're reaching out to and we would love to hear your story. Please share your story with us, just like Amelia did. You can just email that to for the one at orchard.church, for the one at orchard.church. If you've got a story of your one uh, coming to church, saying yes to Jesus, getting baptized, please share that because we all wanna celebrate and share these stories all, all year long as we are living on mission to go because God wants to bring people who are far from him, near to him, and what's so incredible is he wants to use you and I to be a part of his redemptive, eternal plan. And there's nothing greater than that. Nothing greater than know that we've helped change someone's life for all eternity. Heavenly Father, I, I pray that we would put feet to this message today and that we would be willing as we go to live on mission for you to help more people find and follow you. So we continue in attitude prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you would say, you know what, God is speaking to me. I know I need to be more intentional about reaching my Nineveh. I need to invite, I need to serve, I need to, to pray. There's a person I'm praying for right now. I know who my one is and I wanna make sure that I live on mission as I'm going to reach them. Can, can I pray for you? Would you slip up your hand if God has spoken to you in that way? Just lift them up nice and high, hands everywhere. Is there someone we can pray for? Your one, amen. God bless you, God bless you. Thank you, several hands. You can put them down. I'm gonna pray for you in just a moment. Maybe you're here today and you would say, I've drifted from God. I don't feel very close to God like I once did. I, I need a shanae. I need a second chance. And, and I'm gonna, I, I wanna turn my life back to God. There, there's an area in my life that I need a second chance and a second opportunity. Can I pray for you today? Would you slip up your hand? Anyone like that? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Several people. I'll, let me pray for you. Father, I, I just pray for those that, are needing a second chance, they would realize today that you are one step away. If they would just turn around, you've been right there pursuing them, following them. You never leave us, you never forsake us. And that they would turn to you today and receive forgiveness and a second chance. And Lord, I pray that we would all live on mission to help people to find you and to follow you in our sphere of influence, that one that we're praying for, that we would all live on mission this Easter season and that we would see hundreds, thousands of people who are far from you, come near to you through faith in your son, Jesus Christ. As we continue in attitude of prayer with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, listen, God today offers you the same thing he offered the Ninevites. He offers you his grace, his mercy, his love, his forgiveness, no matter who you are or what you've done. But also remember it's a limited time offer. You don't know when you're gonna get the opportunity again. You have the opportunity today. And if that's you today and you would say, you know what, I, I wanna take advantage of the opportunity. I don't wanna let that pass. I, I wanna say yes to Jesus. I wanna invite him into my life. Then I'm gonna ask you to be willing to do what the Ninevites did, what Paul said in Romans ten thirteen. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. And i want to pray a prayer of faith out loud in just a moment. I'm gonna invite you to pray this prayer with me from your heart to God's. Now, this isn't a magic prayer. These aren't magic words we say. But if we'll pray it from a heart of belief and faith, you can invite Jesus into your life today. If that's you, you know who you are. Would you pray this right where you sit? It goes like this. Jesus, I'm saying yes to you. Yes, be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I want to know you and follow you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, dying for me, and giving me a second chance. Thank you, thank you. We continue in attitude of prayer. If you just prayed that prayer, I would love, love the privilege to pray for you right now that you would grow in your walk and relationship with Jesus. I'm going to count to three in just a moment without anyone else looking around. I don't want to embarrass you, but I'd love to pray for you. If, you. if you just said yes to Jesus, can I pray for you right now? Would you lift up your hand? One, two, three, nice and high. Just lift it up all across the auditorium. Yes, God bless you over here. Yes, couple of people to hear. Yes, God bless you, young man right here down front. Yes, God bless you over here on my left. Amen. Several people, amen. Let me pray for you. Church family, let's pray for them. Lord, we just welcome all those that are saying yes to you this weekend to the family of God. We rejoice and we celebrate their decision. We thank you that you're turning people from death to life and darkness to life and, and giving them a relationship with you. And Lord, we just wanna praise you today and worship you today and thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us, that you work all things together for good and that you are a God of second chances, a God of love and grace and mercy. And may we always run to you and not from you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.